How's it going, everyone? Welcome back into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. Things may look different, and they might sound different this week, as it is just me, Cody Roadcap, our other Couch GMs, Tyler and George. They needed a much-needed vacation. They're out at the beach. But we had week one of preseason football, so I had to get on here and do an episode for you guys. Uh, as always, you can follow us at the Couch GM's on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, pretty much anywhere you do social media, you can find us. Um, as always, make sure you are locked into our social media channels. We have the Couch GM's World Cup this year, so make sure you're following along with that. There'll be a lot more social media content coming. Uh, when the guys are back next week, we'll do a little bit of some schedule update as we prepare for the season. Uh, but let's get into some news and notes. All right, kicking off the news segment, it is a little bit of a down note. It's not a little bit. It's definitely a down note. Uh, we lost a member of the NFL community uh, this past week to a tragic motorcycle accident, and that is Alex Collins, former running back of the Baltimore Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so for myself, I know the guys, too, even though they're not here, they're sending their thoughts and prayers to the Collins family Um it's always tough to lose a guy that we've rooted for, we've watched on the field. Uh, it's tough to lose anyone, and you hate to see that happen, especially as the excitement builds for the upcoming season. Uh, just once again, thoughts and prayers to the Alex Collins family. Um, hopefully they can make it through a lot of the teams, the Ravens and the Seahawks. They had put out their their, honor, their honorable posts about him. Um, again, just a tough moment uh, as we're coming off the, the high of, preseason football being at and one last time thoughts and prayers to the Alex Collins family um, in other news though there are some running backs making some headlines uh, we finally have seen some veteran running backs uh, coming off the market they are starting to sign and just like everyone expected the first one to sign was uh, Damian Williams he's joining the Saints uh, probably not the name you were expecting to see don't worry we'll get to those guys here in a little bit um, but the Saints adding to the running back room after Alvin Kamara, reminder, is suspended for the first three games. Rookie Keandre Miller, he left practice uh, with an injury. Doesn't sound too serious at this time of recording, but uh, they are adding some bodies. Damon Williams is their uh, next guy. But the two big names that you've probably heard by now, uh, we've been wondering offseason, are Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook. And they signed on the same day. They signed on Monday. Uh, Zeke was the first news to break as he signed a one-year deal up to $6 million with the New England Patriots. Um, and for me, if you listened to our show just a couple weeks ago, uh, we did a mock draft. And if you didn't, you can still go back and check it out. Obviously, some things have changed since that recording. But I was very high on Ramondre Stevenson. And what does this do for Ramondre Stevenson now that Ezekiel Elliott is a part of the Patriots' backfield and, you know, at first I was like, ah, oh, we've seen Zeke, he's a little bit past his prime. But then, you know, it was just one tweet, but it was from Ian Rappaport, very, uh, you know, very locked in source. And he put in his tweet, the Patriots were looking for someone to bang between the tackles. And that's what Zeke will do for them. They still have a lot of expectations from Ramondre. He's still going to be the starter, but they're looking for a guy to bang between the tackles. And when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, those tough yards. But where are the tough yards? They're also in the red zone. They're along the goal line. And if Zeke starts to eat away at Ramondre Stevenson's goal line work, um, he does have a little bit of experience in the past game. I am worried about the running back committee taking over. I still think it'll probably be closer to like a 
60-40-70-30 split in favor of Ramondre. I still think he's you know, valued at the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth round. I think he saw some decent value, but I do think he lost some of that high upside where he could potentially be in the workhorse and finish as a top five running back. So that's definitely tough for fantasy, but it is good to see Zeke back in number 15 in his Ohio State days, even if it is for the New England Patriots. Um, but speaking of Ian Rappaport, he said he called it the best or the most best kept secret or the not best kept secret. I'm sorry, I botched the tweet. I should have had it better prepared, but that would be Dalvin Cook uh, landing with the the New York Jets, no pun intended, on that one. After his little back and forth, is it going to be Miami? Is it going to be the the New York Jets? It happened. It's with New York. We start to see some of the reasons why Aaron Rodgers took that paycheck. And once again, on the same day that he signed with the Jets, they also activated Brees Hall off of PUP. And that just, you know, adds more confusion to the running back room, especially from a fantasy perspective. You know, Brees Hall had a really good rookie year. He probably would have won Rookie of the Year if he didn't get injured. Uh, His teammate Garrett Wilson did. Uh, That's not takeaway with anything he did in the season. But Brees Hall had a really good year. And, yes, this Dalvin Cook signing allows them to ease him back in. He doesn't need to be the workhorse right away. Uh, Me and George talked about it last week. You know, they were talking about Michael Carter or Zonovan Knight. You know, but if they brought in Dalvin Cook, they're not going to bring him in to not play. And I think, you know, it just makes that whole situation messier. It pushes some running backs uh, down. I mean, Dalvin Cook was already going ahead of Brees Hall in most draft because he wasn't off the PUP list. Um, so it's very interesting to see how that would fall. I imagine Dalvin Cook will get a little bit of a bump uh, even in his – because, you know, he's coming off of you know multiple thousand-yard seasons in a row. Like, he still has a lot to offer – uh, this Jets team is definitely going all in right now. Uh, but when it comes to fantasy, it just got a lot tougher for us as, you know, couch GMs and fantasy managers out there with drafts coming up. You know, I was, you know, looking forward to Brees Hall in his bounce back season. Uh, but, you know, Dalvin Cook is going to play and he's going to play a lot. And they gave him a contract uh, one year up to $8.6 million. So it wasn't like he's on the veteran minimum. Uh, so you can expect Dalvin Cook to play a lot, and this could be closer to a 50-50 split once Brees Hall is back, especially in that late half of the season um, as we're starting to make our fantasy you know, playoff push, as long as everyone stays healthy. Th- that is the one you know, silver lining in this situation. Both guys are capable to be workhorse running backs if there was uh, an unforeseen injury or something to come down the line. So both have value in fantasy, but again, we lose that top side that are top value upside that we have seen from Dalvin Cook in the past and we thought we were going to see from Brees Hall when he uh, took over in his rookie year, at least to start the season. So running backs are, you know, the big headlines with the Zeke and Dalvin Cook injuries. With all that said, there was one more big piece of news that came out, and that was from new head coach uh, Shane Steichen. I almost blanked on his name there, of the Indianapolis Colts. They've officially named fourth overall pick Anthony Richardson as the starter over Gardner Minshew. He started week one in the preseason. Uh, They said it was going to be a battle. They gave Gardner opportunity, a little bit of a chance, but it seems like they're going to roll with the rookie. Um, And honestly, his big knock against him was he's super raw. So he needs to get some playing time. And what better way to do it than on the field Uh, in an offense that we just saw this coordinator, head coach, Shane Steichen, you know, help transform Jalen Hurts. They're complete. They're not the same player, but they have similar play styles. So very excited to see 
Anthony Richardson. Um, even though he is named the starter, like I don't think his draft spot in terms of fantasy can get much better. He was already being drafted pretty high when it comes to the quarterback position. Um, you know, and he is still a big unknown. We talked about it being raw. You know, he currently in ESPN leagues, he is going 16, Yahoo's 20. Um, and those are in terms of quarterbacks. So he's currently on fantasy pros. Anthony Richardson is the 16th overall quarterback. Now that you know he's the starter, maybe you bump him above guys right above him, Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. But Anthony Richardson still has a lot of question marks, uh, and there's a lot of you know decent running backs there. But he would have the highest upside of anybody that follows along to the late-round quarterback strategy. Um, maybe not as late as you would like to take him, but he does have the rushing ability. He does have the arm strength. And he, by all accounts, has looked really good this training camp. So definitely excited to see Anthony Richardson uh, in the starting role. It gives Colts fans something a little bit more exciting as they had to, you know, endure the end of Matt Ryan, the end of Phillip Rivers, and just trying to find that next guy after the surprise retirement of Andrew Luck. And maybe Anthony Richardson is that guy, and he is officially named uh, the week one starter. So that will wrap up the NFL news. So I told you it was week one of the NFL preseason. So let's get into my top 10 takeaways of week one NFL preseason. Alrighty, so these are my top 10 takeaways. And because the Couch GMs are rooted in fantasy football, even though we do, we've evolved into a lot more football talk, a lot of these relate to the fantasy impact because it's fantasy football season right now. You're doing your drafts this weekend, next weekend, all the way up to Labor Day weekend, but you are looking at guys right now and you're trying to find the edge on your opponent. And these preseason games, while some say they don't matter, it's where you can find some edge. So here's some some guys that you know I at least noted. They might not have shifted my perspective a whole bunch, uh, but I did want to point out here. So I'm going to kick it off and I did have to get a Packer on this list. I did put him at 10 and 10 is, you know, maybe the least important all the way up to number one being the most surprising or most important information. And that is Romeo Dobbs. So Christian Watson right now is currently uh, average out to wide receiver 23 in standard leagues. You know, that's a pretty good pick 56 overall. So if you're in a, you know, in between rounds five and six and 10, or 10-man leagues, rounds four and five for our 12-man leagues. So he's getting some high praise. You go all the way down for Romeo Dobbs. He is in the 140, I believe it is. Let me double-check here. I'm pulling it up right now. Again, I apologize if the, the podcast is a little bit slow uh, just because it is just me hosting it down. But we are hoping that Tyler and George are uh, enjoying themselves. 136 uh, overall is his current ADP for Romeo Dobbs. Wide receiver, 56. And why do I bring him up? Because the Packers starting offense with Jordan Love played two drives. He had 12 pass or 12 snaps in those two drives, uh, nine passbacks, nine dropbacks. So he threw the ball nine times or dropped back to throw nine times and ran the ball three times. Of those 12 snaps with Romeo Dobbs, there was two players that played all the snaps with them. One was a wide receiver, or in terms of fantasy positions, one was wide receiver Romeo Dobbs, and one was tight end Luke Musgrave. 
So Luke Musgrave is a guy you keep a name on, but I want to focus on Romeo Dobbs here. Um, this guy, I talked about it in our mock draft, the dueling mock draft show last week. I took him as my late round flyer. Uh, he has done nothing but impress in camp. And I feel like I have a good grasp on what's going on. I'm not there in Green Bay watching every day, but I follow enough beat reporters on Twitter and they've all had glowing reviews. Yes, glowing reviews in training camp means nothing on how you're going to impact in the regular season. Uh, but Romeo Dobbs is the wide receiver two on an offense. Yes, Jordan Love is the biggest question mark of maybe all the starting quarterbacks across the NFL, what we're going to get from him. But if he can play, you know, as an average quarterback, they'll be able to support two wide receivers. Maybe not as an every week starter, but Romeo Dobbs is still one of my late round flyers. And it just backs it up that he played every snap. He played, Christian Watson only played 11 snaps uh, with Jordan Love. Romeo Dobbs was out there for all 12. And you'll see that because Christian Watson takes a lot of plays down the field. He's going to come off, you know, catch his breath and stuff like that. Nothing against Christian Watson, but Romeo Dobbs will be out there. Um, but another number or another second-year wide receiver uh, is number nine on my list, and that is first former first-round pick Jahan Dotson, another second-year wide receiver, like I mentioned, guy that, you know, he has a counterpart that's being drafted a lot higher than him. Uh, Jahan Dotson's current ADP is 107, so wide receiver 37, where his counterpart, Terry McLaurin, who is still a very good wide receiver, taking nothing away for Terry McLaurin. Again, my screen just moved on me, so I apologize. He's uh, 48 overall, wide receiver 24. So, again, a big difference. There's a new starting quarterback, Sam Howe. Uh, they, they've talked about it all offseason, about, you know, there seems to be a connection between Howe and Jahan Dotson. That was on display as Jahan Dotson hauled in a really nice 26-yard touchdown in week one of the preseason. Does that mean he's going to win the starting job? Does that mean he's going to have more targets than uh, Terry McLaurin? No, it does not. Again, everything we're talking about is the preseason, and it's kind of hard to tell exactly. Some guys might be getting some rest, but it is worth noting when these guys that the beat reporters are talking about during practice and you start to see it translate into the game, and those are things that we kind of clinch on. And again, we're talking about late-round flyers at this point, and that is Jahan Dotson for me. Uh, again, pick 107. At that point, why not? Potentially could supersede Terry McLaurin by the end of the season as the number one guy in Washington. At But if not, he's still the wide receiver, too, and could probably be a solid flex starter. I mean, he was as a rookie last year with Taylor Heineke and uh, Carson Wentz. So now he has a guy that seems to be favoring him. So really liked what I saw to Jahan Dotson in week one, and we'll see if that trend continues. Moving on to number eight, that would be Devin A-Chain. Now, yes, Devin A-Chain is currently listed as the fifth running back for the Miami Dolphins. He is still technically, according to the depth chart, uh, which we all know that preseason depth charts don't hold too much value. A lot of times they're not even done by the coaching staff, but instead the marketing department or the digital team as they're putting it out on the website. But with that said, Devin A-Chain is still currently the fifth behind uh, Miles Gaskin, uh What's his name? Jeff Wilson, uh, Raheem Moster, and the fourth guy I am blanking on at the moment. Oh, Savon Ahmed. Uh, so those are the four ahead of him. But we've seen those guys in the past. So I'll start with the two former 49ers, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. What was the biggest knock against 49er running backs in the past? Can they stay healthy? That's still the question mark. If you're drafting Christian 
uh, McCaffrey number one overall. People were looking at, can they grab Elijah Mitchell as the handcuff? Because 49er running backs have had a bad, you know, history of staying healthy. And when they came to Miami last year, that didn't change too much. They were still dealing with a little bit of injuries. Raheem Mostert didn't make it through the whole season. Zach Wilson had his up and down. We saw Miles Gaskin. If you are a longtime listener of the show, Miles Gaskin was one of my guys two seasons ago. That didn't work out. He really didn't break out. And Savan Ahmed, he has one good game here and there. Um, nice role player, but nothing to write home about in fantasy. But Devin A-Chain, you know, he has the speed as a rookie. He did get 13 carries, had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, but more importantly, he had the four receptions for 43 yards. And I think that's what stood out most to me when it comes to my takeaway from week one of the preseason. He might not be the starter right away, but he might already be starting to carve out the role as the third down back, getting some pass. So if you're playing in full point PPR or even half point PPR and you're looking for a late round flyer at a running back with some high upside, I do like Devin A-Chain. They're trying him out at kick returner because he's a playmaker and they want to get him on, on the field. Uh, so he's another guy, might not benefit too much to start the season, but a name to keep an eye out. And if he does go undrafted or maybe he doesn't get as much playing time as weeks one and two and he starts to get cut, would not be surprised if he's a name that we're looking back, uh, you know, week eight, week 10 as potential waiver wires uh, because he's starting to he's starting to come on. So maybe you want to grab him early or he's definitely a great name to have in best ball drafts. Uh, if you're into those and, you know, they, they run all season after you draft, you're done. So Devin A-Chain, number eight on the takeaways. Again, reminder, we're working backwards. So 10 is, you know, the least noteworthy. One is the most noteworthy. Going to number seven, that would be the Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson and the starters, they played into the second quarter. Uh, for the most part, it was very uninspiring. Uh you know, there is a lot of hype around this team. Sean Payton coming in. What can he do? Couldn't he revive Russell Wilson? And, man, luckily they had that last play of the starters that was a 21-yard touchdown to Jerry Judy. Because if they didn't have that, I think Bronco fans would be a little upset. They at least showed a glimmer of hope uh, that things could be turning around. But I'm still not convinced that Sean Payton is going to turn this Broncos team around, which means I think it's still reasonable why, heck, I mentioned the Dueling mock draft, George and I did just last week. Russell Wilson was a QB2 that went in the last round. Uh, I mean, if you want to take a flyer on him then, okay, but he's not a guy you can bank on in fantasy football anymore. Uh, the Broncos, they've already lost Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy. No one, Jerry Judy had the touchdown, so he's probably still the favorite after the Tim Patrick injury, but no one really separated themselves there. And then one other interesting note in terms of the offense um, I've heard Greg Dolchich be, you know, guy mentioned as a, a late round flyer just because Russell Wilson likes the tight ends. Uh, but one, there's another tight end that seems to be overtaking him for the starting job, and that is Adam Troutman. If you've been, I was a big fan of his when he was in New Orleans. He never really amounted to anything, but he he got drafted when Sean Payton was there. So Sean Payton seems to favor him. You know, he was, you know doing a lot more with the, the starters than Greg Dolchett. So that's definitely something to keep an eye out as you see Greg Dolchett going in your later rounds of the draft at tight end. Luckily, thankfully, I don't know how the best way to put it, the tight end position isn't the best position in fantasy football. So if you miss, you're just going to pick someone up of the same caliber and it goes week to week unless you get one of those top guys like a Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews in fantasy football anyways. So 
Moving on to another guy that we used to talk a lot about, that would be Allen Robinson, a guy that we some people had high expectations for last year uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. Some people might have forgot that he signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers this offseason. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see him out there because that was something I kind of forgot. And I'm not saying Allen Robinson is, you know, back to fantasy prominence, but it was interesting to me that he did play significantly with the starters. He tied for the most snaps with Deontay Johnson with the starters. Um, now, Deontay still had the most targets, which isn't a surprise. And Pickens' only target did go for a touchdown. So Pickens and Deontay still seem to be the favorites at the wide receiver position, at least in Pittsburgh, which is, again, no surprise. But Allen Robinson, could he be, you know, a thorn in the side of these guys in terms of fantasy? Could he have some big weeks? You know, I, I view this as not at the same level, obviously, uh, but he could be like a Tyler Boyd. Same division, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, they're your weekly starters. Like, you're going to start them no matter what. And honestly, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens will probably be in lineups most week, whether it's wide receiver two or a flex position. But some weeks, Tyler Boyd just goes off for a couple touchdowns and a couple big plays, and the other guys don't see as many targets. And the way Allen Robinson looked in week one of the preseason, I wouldn't be surprised to see if that happens. Not saying go out and draft Allen Robinson quite yet, uh, but he is, you know, a name that could cause some frustration as we progress into the fantasy season. So I did want to highlight him, uh, not so much as a fantasy guy you should go get, but a guy that could cause you some issues down the road. Sticking along uh, pass catchers, uh, you know, I mentioned Luke Musgrave when I talked about Romeo Dobbs, but Sam Laporta is another rookie, another second-round guy that seems to already have that starting job on lock. Uh, the Lions, they are, you know, expected to take this big leap this year. They're that high-powered offense. We get to see them week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, this isn't the same old Lions, or at least that's what we're hoping for. Uh, even people, teams of, you know, rival Lions fans are okay with them, actually, being, you know, good. It's fun when the Lions are, you know, a relevant football team and they have a lot of good guys in fantasy. Uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs had a really nice debut, but I did want to point on Sam Laporta. You know, he was right there with the starters. Uh, he's a name that we need to add to that end of the draft. Like we talked about Greg Dolchich. Let's put Sam Laporta above him. You know, let's, let's get rid of the Broncos tight ends and let's go right in there for Sam Laporta because – while Sam Laporta di did excel, we did see another big drop from Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams has all the talent in the world, but he just hasn't quite put it together uh, as he recovers from a knee injury uh, from his time in college. So, And he is suspended to start the season. So we could see a lot of good things from Sam Laporta. Now, obviously, typically tight ends are bad uh, as rookies. It's just there hasn't been a lot of great ones. I mean, even Kyle Pitts, he was drafted really high. And, you know, he did really well in terms of what rookies did, but it still wasn't a great season. But like I mentioned, the tight end position in fantasy, unless you have one of the top three guys, why not take a risk on someone? Like, why not take a risk on Sam Laporta over a guy like Tyler Higbee? You know what you're going to get in Tyler Higbee. Take a flyer on a Sam Laporta or even a Luke Musgrave. I'll even throw Dalton Kincaid in there. There's a lot of great options at these young rookie tight ends that have some breakout potential. So I really like what I saw from Sam Laporta, and I hope that keeps up in week two. All right, so 
Next up is our number four uh, guy. So as we make our way down, James Cook. I mentioned Dalton Kincaid. He was the the rookie tight end, but I want to focus, if I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills and how they did, I want to talk about James Cook. James Cook seems to have that starting job on lock. Now, I do know in week one of the preseason, Damian Harris did not play with a knee injury. Damian Harris has had his injury share in the past, and James Cook seems to have that job on lock, like I mentioned, played predominantly with the starters, didn't play very long, and did have a nice touchdown uh, to cap off his his debut, not his debut, but week one of the preseason uh, for 20 yards, a nice little scamper there. So did like to see that out of James Cook, a guy we had a lot of expectations for last year uh, that didn't come quite to fruition because Devin Singletary, and you know, there's still, because of that, there's still some question marks around the Buffalo Bills backfield. And yes, it's hard to bank on them because they're going to pass the ball a lot. Josh Allen is going to steal some goal line work. But if James Cook can be the starter, even if it's a you know 70-30 split with Damian Harris, James Cook has some pass catching ability, and I really like his potential. And he is currently a guy that you know I'm not saying he's forgotten, but he is being a little overlooked as he is currently uh, averaging about the 76th overall player and the 30th running back, and you're potentially getting a starter. Yes, not an every down guy, because that's just not how the Bills like to run their offense, uh, but he's on a good offense that's going to put up points. So I like the value of getting him in your later rounds, especially if you're going with that no running back strategy and you're taking some of the top wide receivers. At the top of your draft, guys like James Cook make a ton of sense because they have some high upside, and he looked really good week one of preseason. So we're going to continue to monitor him and see if his ADP goes up. Uh, this guy, the next three, I could have, you know, rotated them. So these are my top three biggest takeaways from week one of the preseason. And again, just a reminder, the preseason is not, you know, set in stone. We don't know exactly what is being asked of the players. It's very vanilla defenses. Um, but my number three guy was, Khalil Herbert. Now, he played 100% of the snaps with Justin Fields. I know they drafted Roshan Johnson in the third round. I know they brought in Deontay Foreman in uh, for free agency this year. But Khalil Herbert, he played really well. He had a really nice touchdown catch for 56 yards. Uh, there may have been some offensive linemen downfield that didn't get called, but they weren't really involved in the play. Like he would have scored uh, if they were behind the line of scrimmage or with that, that one yard anyway. So I don't want to discredit. Uh, we saw the playmakers. We saw playmakers across the Chicago Bears defense. Am I buying into the hype? Not quite. Uh, one interesting fact would be that despite Justin Fields' box score looking incredible, uh, I will pull those stats up for you. He actually finished with negative air yards and if you don't know what air yards means it's where you it's how they calculate the the yards that the ball was in the air so for example one of his big touchdowns was the 56 yarder to Khalil Herbert that was a screenplay that was technically thrown behind the line of scrimmage same thing with their new acquisition of DJ Moore he caught a screen and took it to the house so while that doesn't 
seem very repeatable. This team is filled with playmakers, and Khalil Herbert looks to be the starter there. So you got to, you know, really rely on him. And he's another guy. If you're going with a no running back strategy, he is, you know, overall number 78 uh, at, at an average, which is actually a little bit higher than James Cook, but his he's ranked overall running back 27, which is a little bit lower. So he's right in that same zone as James Cook. We talked about those are two names to target, especially if you're going for that no running back strategy as we progress into the NFL season. Um, moving on to the second biggest takeaway is another running back, and that would be Samir White. That is currently the Las Vegas Raiders backup, and he seems to have that backup job on lock. He had nine carries for 35 yards and a touchdown in just the first quarter. That's all he played. And then they get some other guys in there again. That's what preseason is about getting other guys work, so don't be like he didn't play very long. He did really well in his debut, uh, getting to be the starter with no Josh Jacobs, and remember, Josh Jacobs isn't even with the team right now. He hasn't signed his franchise tag tender uh, after they did not make an agreement at the franchise team or the franchise tag deadline. He left, and we don't know when he's coming back. So Samir White is a guy that you need to be paying attention to, especially if you're drafting closer to the season. And if Josh Jacobs still hasn't shown up, he is a guy that could be I don't want to, I mean, I'll just say it. He could be a guy that is a league winner if Josh Jacobs ends up holding out all season because he doesn't want to play on the tag. Do I think Josh, I do think Josh Jacobs ultimately does come back, but Samir White is currently running back 178. He is a guy that you can draft in your last pick. So if you're drafting this weekend, make sure your last round pick is Samir White. If you got a, a league with kickers, don't take a kicker, take a guy like Samir White. Uh, that goes for anybody if you, you know, even if you're not drafting. Until the season starts up, like you don't need a kicker if your league has them, and some de some defenses you might not even need either. So, you know, take that opportunity to get some of these late round flyers guys and see how things shake up and see how things progress uh, as we move through uh, the rest of this preseason. And we'll have to wait and see if Josh Jacobs isn't back. Samir White looks to have that job on lockdown for the Las Vegas Raiders. And then my number one biggest takeaway from week one of the NFL preseason is Christian Kirk. Now, if you played fantasy last year, you didn't really know what to do with Christian Kirk. Like he was a wide receiver one and he, he kept putting up points and it was like, okay, I guess I'll finally buy into it. And then they went off this off season and or last season actually, but it's going to take effect this season is they traded for Calvin Ridley. And you're like, okay, Calvin Ridley, Will he be the starter? Will he be the number two behind Christian Kirk? Well, it seems that Calvin Ridley, not only will be, he be the starter, with Calvin Ridley there, it is currently pushing Christian Kirk more into a slot receiver role. And why is that a big deal? So maybe it's just the first week of the preseason. So like I mentioned with everything, we have to take everything we saw in week one with a grain of salt, but there are things that we're notating for how what happens in week two and week three and as we get closer to the season. The addition of Calvin Ridley has, you know, moved him into the slot role where we saw in at least week one of the preseason, Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley on the field more in 12 personnel. Now, what's 12 personnel? That is when 
you only have two wide receivers in the field. So it appears when there's two wide receivers on the the field uh, in 12, so 12 stands for one running back, two tight ends, and that would leave only two spots for wide receivers. Uh, that's how the, the number system works. It's running backs, then tight ends. So 11 is one running back, one tight end. 13 is one running back, uh, three tight ends. 21 is two running backs, one tight end, and so forth. And then whatever the remaining math minus the five linemen and the six and the quarterback uh, is how many wide receivers. So back on point. Now, m most of the times, uh, 12 personnel is used first, second down, rundowns. You know, they add some some blocking out there. But people do pass on first and second down. And if we're going to see Christian Kirk get less snaps, you know, that might mean less opportunities. And they did bring in Calvin Ridley. So, you know, that is a very interesting thing to monitor as we progress through the rest of the, the preseason. Calvin Ridley, just for some hindsight, is currently the 40th averaged overall player in fantasy where he is being drafted and Christian Kirk is load faster, the 69th. So people have already started to see, nice, by the way, started to, you know, really value Calvin Ridley, and he rightfully so to sees to deserve that. And, you know, Christian Kirk is right in that line with, you know, he's right behind Terry McLaurin. He's right in front of Drake London, who's the wide receiver one for the Atlanta Falcons. He's just above you know, Mike Williams and Brandon Ayuk and Chris Godwin and George Pickens and Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans and Jahan Dotson, who we talked about earlier. And I think with this news, at least for me, Christian Kirk moves down behind all those guys. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's at least eight. Hollywood Brown, we can move him past then. Jordan Addison, it gets a little dicey. Deontay Johnson, that's so right in there. So we're talking about moving him down like 10 spots. or And when I say 10 spots, that's just 10 wide receivers. So... Keep that in mind as you're progressing the draft. Maybe it was just something they wanted to try out in week one. We'll have to reevaluate that as we wrap up the preseason. But just to recap the 10 players I did want to highlight, at number 10, it was Romeo Dobbs. Number nine, Jahan Dotson. Eight, Devin A-Chain. Seven was Russell Wilson slash the Denver Broncos. Six was Allen Robinson. Five, Sam Laporta. Four, James Cook. Three, Khalil Herbert. Two, Samir White. And number one, Christian Kirk, and that was, again, going for least surprising or least impactful to most impactful takeaway from week one of the preseason. That will wrap up this week's episode of the Couch GM's podcast. George and Tyler will be back next week as we move into our every week version of this show as the NFL season gets closer. As always, make sure you subscribe to the Couch GM's on everywhere on social Hey, if you want and you're listening to this on audio, go ahead and hit the follow button or leave us a review. If you're on YouTube, drop a comment on what was your biggest takeaway or who is your favorite guy coming up or even, heck, just what are you most excited about? We'd love to connect with you guys in the comments. Uh, I guess it's not for the other guys. It's just for me. I'm Cody Roadcap, and we will see you all next week. Boom. Nice. Choo-choo.